0: Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates, Send in the Clowns, The Phoenix Tube Company, CelebrityTrips.com, The Law Firm of Decolator Cohen and DePrisco,
1: Solomon Jewelers, and Relish Restaurant of Kings Park. Here are your hosts. Mark and AJ. Joining us now is a man who was drafted in the second round, 51st overall by the New York Rangers in the 2008 NHL entry draft, and afterwards attended the University of Wisconsin where he played for the Badgers. It's hard to believe that it was seven years ago this month that he signed his first professional contract with the Rangers. Forgoing his junior and senior years at Wisconsin, then on October 9th 2010, he became the first player in Rangers history, the fourth in NHL history to score a hat trick in his NHL debut. After five 515 regular season and another 97 playoff games in New York, in a New York Rangers jersey. He was traded this offseason to the Arizona Coyotes. I was fortunate enough to cover his entire Rangers career, and it will be very strange for me not to head directly to his locker post-game to get his always honest take on the game. It is a pleasure to welcome the man who gave everything he had, and then some, every night for the Rangers. Now a member of the Arizona Coyotes, number 21 in your program, number one in hearts of Ranger fans, Derek Step on Welcome, step.
0: Wow, what a what an entry! Thank you very much. I appreciate that. It's uh, it's good to be on the show.
1: So you're still be number twenty-one in your program? Still, uh, yeah, yeah. That's the question. Yes, yeah. still, <laughs> so, still number twenty-one. <laughs> awesome. Uh, 2010, your rookie season. You know, it's the Rangers' second full year under John Tortorella. The captain of the team is Chris Drury. Other rookies on that team included fellow Badger Ryan McDonough, Matt Zuccarello, Dale Weis, Savini, Gravchuk, Brody Dupont. You're the only one to spend the entire season with the team and play in every game, which is something that Torts was not known to do. How much did John's you know confidence in you that rookie year help you to really get your feet set in the NHL Well
0: it, it was funny it, it, um, Torts was uh, great for me to start my my NHL career he was he was one of the guys that um, communicated with me a ton. Um, he kept me in the loop as a young guy. He um, taught me a lot of things that, throughout an 82-game schedule, that a college kid probably isn't really ready for. He he got me as ready as I could to be able to play 82, and um, that's something that you know I'm grateful for. I was able to play that all that whole season, which uh, you know it was a big stepping stone and also a big learning uh, experience for me going into my sophomore year the next year.
1: You know, it's interesting because Chris Drury was the captain of that team. What did Chris uh do in your development, help you along the way? What were some of the things you were able to learn from him?
0: Uh it was kinda of unique that year though. Uh he was he was hurt a lot that season. Um that was his last season with the Rangers and he I think he came in probably I don't know exactly how many games he played. He might have played about forty ish. Right. Um so when he did come in, me and him played uh, on the same line, and um, you know, it was great to have somebody that you know could show me the ropes. I think it was actually me, him, and Cali that were aligned, and um, it, it was it was those two guys were two guys that um, I looked up to, and I and I you know I leaned on a lot for a lot of things, and those guys were always always all ears and always willing to chat, which was was which is something that was really big too.
1: You know, social media is such a cool thing. I was able to go back on my Twitter timeline and my Facebook timeline. All right. I posted this back on September 29th during an exhibition game. NHL fans, Derek Steppen is the real deal. Maybe the player playmaker the Rangers have been looking for since Neilander left. Reminds me a lot of Adams Oates as he's and now I took I take a look back. Your first season, seven seasons, you have 122 goals. He had 122 goals. You have 128. So you know that's the guy I kind of saw you as. But I know growing up, you used to watch the Golden Gophers quite a bit. As um, when you were growing up in Minnesota, the North Stars were already gone, and the the Wild weren't there yet. So there was no NHL there. Growing up, who was a player you kind of passion you know patterned your game after? Yeah,
0: it's tough. I mean, growing up, um, I mean, obviously, I could list off the greats that. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about, but growing up, it, it was, it was more about just college, you know, college guys that I looked up to, you know, when I was, when I was probably a Bantam age, uh the, the guys like Thomas Vanek were going through the Gophers and, you know, um, these guys were guys that I watched every weekend. Um, NHL guys, you know, it, it, it we, you watch the highlights or what was it on? I think it was on OLN at the time the outdoor network. Um, You'd watch right. highlights. Is that isn't that right? Yeah, that's so yeah. funny. So you watch highlights there, and you you know I I didn't I wasn't um I wasn't a big NHL um, watcher at the time. You know I, I did a lot of college hockey, and um, you know as I as I got older and I got further into it, you know guys like Joe Pavelski that were at Wisconsin, and these are the guys Jonathan Taves at North Dakota. These are the guys that you watch as you kind of get older. And, Um, you see every weekend so I mean there's a there's a handful of guys that I'd like to wish I could say I pad my game after but you know I think the biggest thing for me was just constantly trying to be watching the game or doing something in you know back home here in Minnesota playing or whatever it may be and just trying to um, take a combination of everybody
1: If you just tuned in, and this is going to sound strange to say this, we're talking with Arizona Coyotes' Derek Stepan. We mentioned in the open about that opening night hat trick, and that night your mom probably got as much intention, if not more, than you. Um, You get three off a pretty good goaltender in Ryan Miller. What do you remember most about that night, October ninth, 2010, in the HBC Arena?
0: Well, it's funny. My mom, my stepdad, and my now wife was my girlfriend at the time. They all got in a car from Minnesota, and they drove the 20 hours out to Buffalo to watch the game. Um, As the game was kind of getting to, you know, uh, getting to, like, game time, you know, there's just a lot of guys that come up and just say, hey, relax, play your game. And then it was just, like, I felt like I blinked, and, you know, at the old Buffalo locker room there, I blinked, and I was was, was surrounded by reporters. It was like the whole game went by so quickly. Um, It was hard to really digest anything you know and at the time too i was unsure if i was going to make the team they had you know they had to make some decisions and so it was just a blur the first 10 games were a blur in my nhl career that game especially like i said i got to see my family a little bit the night before and then as it led up to the game it felt like it crawled to get to the game it just felt like all day long i was just like oh can we get there can we get there puck drop and then the next thing i know i got all the reporters in my face after the game do you remember so who got? Like the like it just so quick.
1: Do you remember who got the assists on your first goal?
0: Yeah, it was uh, Girardi and Avery.
1: Yep, kind of ra- ironic that, that Dan Girardi was uh, in both gone yeah. this season. Actually, they got yeah. uh, Dan got the primary on both your goals. The secondary, yep. uh, Sean Avery, on that pretty strange yeah the year after the lockout season the Rangers replaced John Tortorella with Elaine Vigneault I've always wondered that John's training camps and conditioning in those camps always set the tone for the season and I think that had he had that in 2012-13 he might still be the coach of the Rangers today what effect did the lockout have on that team and then what was the transition like from Torts to AV the following year?
0: Well, it was a very unique one for me um, because I was in a contract dispute right. at the time, so I missed all of training camp. So these guys are all getting developing their relationships with Av, and they're they're getting to know him. And I'm sitting at, at the University of Wisconsin, practicing with the bo- the men's team there, and waiting to get a contract so I can go out and meet all the coaching staff. Um, you know, I had maybe two conversations with Av up to that point. He called me when he when he got hired, um, you know, just said, introduced himself, and then he called me again before training camp and said, "Hey, listen, understand, there's some business side things are going on, and you know, we we got a spot ready for you when you get here. The you know, just try to get it done as quickly as possible." So when I came in, I I came in day one. Um, we played down in Arizona, um, game one, and that was I practiced with the team two days before and. Game one I, I hit the ground running and um it it um a v was great about <clears throat> you know getting me in the loop as fast as possible, but also understanding that I was a step behind with a lot of these guys so it was it was a unique trans transfer um um what's the word I'm transition. For? Um, yeah transition thank you no problem. it was a unique transition for me you know i think if you asked some other guys, it'd be a little bit different because you know they got to do these days at the training center and just kind of getting to know um av and even like alfie and arnie at the time i mean i was i was i didn't even had, i didn't even met those guys yet you know day one i'm shaking their hands and starting to meet them and starting to figure out how everything operates so it was it was a unique one for me but i think um other guys had a more uh a, a situation that was probably a little bit easier to handle with the fact that like i said they got they're able to um um spend the training camp with them and uh, I thought that you know, if anything, it, it really helped me and AV's relationship really well. Um, it's funny how it works out. It, we spent a lot of time talking with each other that first season, that first season that AV was there, and we developed a good relationship that way.
1: Absolutely, know, you make the playoffs every single season with the Rangers, including the amazing 2013. 2013- 14 run to the Stanley Cup Finals. I remember telling people here on the air that I was exhausted just covering it night in and night out. You always hear from players how tough it is to win the Stanley Cup and how players are, are playing through all sorts of aches and pains. You have a, a Willis-Reed-like moment in that playoff. Game three of the conference finals against Montreal, you take a hit to the head by former teammate Brandon Pruss. Somehow you return to that game. The next day it's discovered your jaw is broken. You sit out game four. After having surgery with a broken jaw, you return turn for Game 5, playing with a protective mask. You score two goals. You end up finishing that playoff run tied for second on the team in playoff scoring with Marty St. Louis. What did you learn about yourself as a player during that run, and what did you learn about what type of team effort it actually takes to win that Stanley Cup?
0: Yeah, it's funny. Um, You know, it seems like – Every time you get to that point of the year, when you when you transfer over into you know even the last eight teams of the NHL, you know if you, if you win the first round and you get into the eight teams, it's a matter of inches. That's that's what decides you know a series. That's how good teams are. It's it's really not. Um, there's not a bad team left at that point. And uh, you look back at that 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 run, and I mean we were up two goals. Uh, we were up goals in L.A., both Game teams, one, one and, and two, and, two yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, we come out losing in overtime, and in both overtimes, we hit pipes, we hit shafts, of sticks, I mean, obviously, yeah. I, I, it, I hold a little bit closer to my heart, you're talking to L.A., they're probably saying, oh, we had them the whole time, <laughs> yeah. I feel like we were right there the whole that whole series, and Absolutely. you lose those two games, you come back home, and we just weren't able to get anything done in Game Three, and now we're down three games and none. It's like we're chasing chasing the series in the Stanley Cup Finals, and so I mean it, it's it's crazy to me that that's you know that was our run. We made our push, and and we and we were we were a good team, and Ellie was too. It just that that's it's it's insane to me that those two overtime games in one and two, you know, the, there's so many plays that we look back on, and I mean you could. You could pick it apart all day long, but you're that close. You know, you're, you're seven. You're 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 in the finals. That's 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 something that not a lot of guys we even say that they've been able to do. And then to be as close as we were, it, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. You understand what it takes, and um, there's some core guys that were there for a long time and knew what. You know, we always joked in the locker room that we were, you know, just playoff cockroaches. We just we never went away as 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 each series went on and. Um, that's the way you have to be and and I think you know, you learn so much by going as deep as you did and you learn so much each year when you start the playoffs. It's it's um it's it's the best time of the year for sure. Just getting into the playoffs and that every single night matched up against the same group of guys. It's it's a lot of fun.
1: I'm going to refer to it differently because last time I said it, it pained me. So if you just tuned in, we're talking to former New York Ranger Derek Stepan. Aside from the playoffs, there have been some pretty amazing moments during your time here. The Winter Classic in Philly, the stadium series in Yankee Stadium, the 24-7 series where HBO followed you uh, for weeks leading up to the Classic, the reveal of the Heritage jersey, some of the retired number ceremonies. What non-playoff moment as a Ranger was the most memorable for you?
0: Oh... Wow. Um, let's see here. I mean, the, the one thing about New York is uh, there's, there's so many events that we did as a team or as you did as a player that, um, you know, you get to interact with fans, and the New York fans are so passionate. It, it, it really is the best part about being in New York is um, being able to interact with those those people that, um, you know, no pun intended, actually bleed Ranger colors. Like, they... If you cut them open, I'm pretty sure that the, the Ranger logo might actually pop out of them. So, it, I mean, there's a lot of lot of really awesome moments that, you know, um, I know that I, me and my wife are going to miss uh, about New York. Um, but it, there is um, – I'm trying to think of one for you. I'm trying to give you a good example, but I, I, I'm kind of spacing. Um, we did – I forget what it's called. We did a – me and Ryan Callahan went to Wall Street, and we did a charity. I think they do. Do you know what one I'm talking about? You know what the name of it is? I can't think of the name of it. We it went wasn't on Wall the Street.
1: Stephen McDee show. or no, are behind the mic. No, it wasn't behind. The, it was. Uh, <laughs> you talking about the Which one for the of. people um, from the Twin Towers?
0: Yeah. Charity. Yes, yeah. The charity thing where we went in, and right. we got to meet a bunch of celebrities and um, those people that work there on right. Wall Street, and we got to make phone calls and do some bidding and right. some whatever. I don't even know what they call it, but that was that was you know that's one. Small example of things that um, you got. I got to do a lot of in my seven years, um, and like you guys said, step on behind the mic was a lot of fun. Uh, I like to give those. I like to give those guys a hard time in New York. Some of my teammates. So hopefully we can figure something out with the Coyotes. Maybe do like howling behind the step or something. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned you, the first game that you were there with your then girlfriend. Uh, seven years, that span. You know, you come to the Rangers out of college. Over the seven seasons, you've become a husband and now a father. People in the regular workplace take that for granted and, you know, they move on with their daily lives and they continue to go back to their work, you know, environment. For an athlete, it's totally different. How did each stage of your life, you know, getting married, having the child, impact the way you handled your day-to-day business as an athlete, your practice schedule, your game schedule, your road schedule?
0: Well, the... the, the Girlfriend, uh, fiancé, to the wife, um, there wasn't a whole lot of change in, in, in each one of those steps. I mean, uh, my wife moved out with me year two, and she lived with me full-time for, you know, three years before we got married. Um, and then, actually, excuse me, she moved out with me year two, and she lived with me for two years, and then we got married. <laughs> um, the, you know, the, one of the bigger ones and one of the ones that, you know, requires an adjustment is, um, kids you know for example in new york we started having family we've, re- we've we had a dog that we rescued from sochi and um, so we moved to the suburbs and anyone in new york knows that living outside the city in new york and getting into the city um the commute can be difficult at times so that's something you have to kind of that's an adjustment that i had to make um you know uh, the last two years is uh, you know staying in the city during the day if we have a morning skate and stuff like that. and um, They're all adjustments that everyone makes through the, throughout the league. It's just unique to each team. and um, I think my wife has been an absolute rock star. She's, she handles day-to-day life like a champ, and I'm a little more chaotic at times. So she's, she's a good little uh, calming presence in my house, that's for sure.
1: How much harder is it as a father who's out of town so much to deal with that as a hockey player?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's difficult, but again, it, there's all the, there's always, there's pros and cons to each situation. I mean, during the season, yeah, I'm, I'm gone quite a bit. And now with West coast travel, I'm going to be gone for a little bit longer that time. And, um, it's going to be a little bit different in that sense. But at the same time I come home and I get the whole summer to be with them every single day. And not a lot of get not a lot of people get to do that in their job. Um, so, you know, the, you, you, there's, there's all these trade-offs that you do. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things that you miss. Uh, you know, when my son started walking, I'm on the road. So you miss that, and um, those are just kind of um, things that you you kind of just have to deal with.
1: You know, it's interesting because you mentioned the contract dispute. I remember talking to you on breakup day 2013, headed into that offseason with the contract uncertainty. I went actually back to the video, and your quote to me was, I want to be here for sure. I'm a little biased. I think this is the greatest organization. I've been here since day one, and they have treated me so nicely. I want to stay here, and I want my career to end here. So, you know, I have to imagine that that trade – initially had to be somewhat devastating you know obviously as an athlete you hear the rumors you hear your name but when you got that call what was your first reaction
0: well it's funny I, i've you know when it happened that the last two weeks or so i've been kind of talking about this exact question and it, it it's funny because uh i like to word it like this i i was I was shocked, but I wasn't knocked off my feet with it. You know, there was a lot of rumors going on, and like I said, we've had some good runs in New York, but we haven't got it done. Um, at the end of the day, this business is about winning, and um, as a core group, it's it's been something that you know we've kind of been warned that hey, if you don't get it done here, there's going to be some moves made. And um, so when I when I got the call, I was shocked. I mean, I was. It's 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 a kind of a it's it's not a great feeling to start it's it's like oh no now i have to uproot my family and I, i'm going to a new place i'm going to new things and it's a little scary at times but then after probably an hour two hours wear off it, it, you turn to excitement and it, it's something that um it's a new chapter in my family's life and um we're really excited about it and we've it's it's a it's something that like i said it's an more a roller coaster of emotions. you start off kind of feeling you know, not great about it, and then it's all about excitement, and you just start seeing all these things that come up that are going to be new chapters, new experiences, and um, that's the way we're looking at it, and you know, I know the Stepans, um that live in Minnesota are excited that uh, in December they might be able to sneak out of the frigid <laughs> cold here and get down to some nice weather, so um, yeah, it, it it was, uh, it was, um, it's never easy to leave your home. I mean, I I was there for seven seasons. I, I, I I loved New York. I loved everything about it. I loved my team out there, and um, you know, it was it was a shock, and it was something that you kind of just have to get yourself over it and get yourself ready for the next chapter. And that's that's where we're at. And like I said, I couldn't be more excited to be going to a team that um, has a lot of young talent, has a lot of a lot of things that um, they want to learn, and hopefully, I'm able to kind of come in and be a a leader in their room and try to help them out.
1: Was there any solace in, um, you know, after the dust settles and making the move with uh, a guy like Ronta and uh, Clint Denning signing out there?
0: Say that again? I'm sorry. Was
1: there any solace in, um, the, after the dust settles, all the feelings, you know, getting through them, was there any solace in knowing that you're making the move with uh, a guy like Antti Ronta?
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, me and Ronsk, he called me right away. It was, uh, he's in Finland, so it's, he, he FaceTime. me. It was a little oh, bit later it's there, but it was still bright out, but... um yeah, he called me and we chatted. You know, our wives talked, and um, to be going with you know any teammate, uh, Ron is a guy that I I like a lot. I enjoy being around Auntie. He's he's a great guy. I mean, who doesn't like being around him? He's such a good dude. And um, so yeah, it, to be able to make the move with somebody was great. Um, and then free agent came around and. Adam uh, yeah, signs exactly. with Phoenix too, or with Arizona. I, can't right.
1: be <laughs> I say him. that a lot too. He <laughs>
0: uh, you know, Ari- signs with Arizona, and uh, yeah, it, you know, it's just it's people that we know, and it makes things more comfortable. And the more comfortable I am, the you know, the better, the better you're gonna feel when you when you go to you know tie the skates up. So to have familiar faces around is good.
1: And you got the Duke there as well, so another familiar. For sure, face. of course, yeah. So you For know, sure. and again. That locker room for me is probably the only locker room I, I know. I'm not in you know, I'm in there every every winning game and probably 70% of the losing games as well. And for me over that seven, eight year period, I've never seen, you know, I cover baseball as well. But there's just such quality leadership in that room. And, again, I might be biased because it's the only room I know. Other rooms might be that tight. But you look at some of the names that have come and gone from this Ranger team during your seven seasons. First, Cali, Brad Richards, who Brad Richards, I felt, when Cali left, became a much more vocal leader in that locker room. Again, we're not there you know, for that first five, ten minutes after a game, so I can only talk about what I see. Uh, you know, Marty St. Louis, Brian Boyle, who people – Outside the locker room, might not realize, you know, that guy. When you talk about cutting open and bleeding blue, you know, Boiler, when he was here, certainly did, you know. And now Dan Girardi, now you, those are leadership guys, and guys like that are, were vital to that core of success that the Rangers had. You know, you still have Henrik, you still have Ryan McDonough, and Mark Stahl still remain. But that's an awful lot of leadership to lose over the years. Uh, should Ranger fans be a little bit concerned that 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 core that really knew what to what to expect in these playoff wars are now kind of each year chipping away at that core group?
0: Uh, you know, I, I I think it's you know in our in our business and our sport you know it's, there's always someone behind you ready to step up and take take a role on that's bigger than uh, bigger than they have the year before. And, um, you know, obviously I play with Mac for nine seasons now, uh, going back to college, been around Ryan a long time. Um, He is a leader at heart. He's, he's a peer leader. And he's a, you know, he's a guy that to me has grown so much even since he's got the C in New York. Um, So if, if there is one thing i'll, I'll say is, is new york fans have nothing to worry about in the leadership department though they'll, they'll, they'll have some guys step up and fill bigger roles and um, you know it's i'm sure that you know there's you know when Callie and Richie and all those guys left it, it was the same thing you know guys like me and mac had to step up and fill in the bigger role and that that's the way it works and um in our sport there's a lot of guys that know how to lead and guys that want to lead and um, New York's not going to be short of those guys, that's for sure.
1: We're talking with Arizona Coyote, Derek Stepan. It it, it, it's every getting time. a little,
0: little easier. It's, it's, each no, time it's, not,
1: it's not. It's uh, not. You, you're now going to be playing for your third head coach in your eighth NHL season, uh, in Rick Tockett, who was named head coach for the Coyotes this week. Have you gotten to speak to anyone who played for him when he was a Tampa coach to get a feel of, of what to expect?
0: I, I really haven't. Um, I've I've talked I've talked to some people that know him, um, and I've heard nothing but unbelievable things. And um, I, I I can't I can't be more excited than to to you know get to sit down and chat with him. He seems like a guy that's a hockey guy, and he wants to talk hockey, and that's something that I love. I mean, I I don't stop doing it, so I can't wait for a coach that wants to continue to do it with me, and that's 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 something that I'm excited about. And. Um, I think it's kind of a good situation for me to be able to come in as a new guy and have a coach just coming in as a new guy too, so we can kind of work off each other and um, you know get everybody on the same page, everybody pulling the same rope and you know try to try to get this thing going down in Arizona,
1: lastly. I- Little did I know that this was going to be the last post-game interview I ever did with you, uh, game six versus Ottawa, and rather than read what you said, actually, I'm going to have Steve play the clip, uh, so Steve, play that back and let Derek listen.
0: Individually disappointed and ashamed and, um, you know, flat-out embarrassed, it kills me that I was you know, not able to find my game, but it is what it is, you guys just got to live with it and... Um, But I'm real proud of this group. This group, you know, worked extremely hard to
1: um,
0: make a real strong push.
1: When you say not able to find your game, is that a product of what they did to shut you down, or just something? That's confidence
0: for me. You know, confidence in making the right plays. I struggled to do it all playoff long.
1: You know I know that's what team leaders do. They place the responsibility of a team sport and put it squarely on their backs, having time to reflect on that series, maybe even watching tapes of the games. do you still feel that way? Well, I mean
0: here's the deal is is as you go through playoff series and as you um you as you evaluate your own game the best way to look at it and this is just the way it is at that time of the year is if your team wins the hockey game, everyone played well, and um, if you are able to make a difference in a game, you played extremely well. And um, I thought throughout the, the the whole that whole playoffs last year, I thought that there was moments where I was real strong, and then there was moments that I wasn't. And um, you know, I I feel like if anything, one of the things that I try to do my best at and try to be real strong with is consistency and. Um, in my seven seasons, I felt like it's one of my strong points was you know just being being solid and doing the right things and being consistent. And uh, and last year in the playoffs, I just felt like I was more of a, a roller coaster than consistent. And to me, that's that's you know that's that's the difference in you know maybe even beating Ottawa in that series rather than packing our bags after Game Six is I just wasn't able to you know make that difference or um, you know get the job done with a win. And um, yeah, I mean it. Listen, I was probably a little hard on myself at that point. Um, You know, losing sucks. Um, I know that I'm a good hockey player, and I still have a lot of good hockey in me. And uh, I was probably a little rough on myself. But that's the way it works sometimes. We're passionate guys. We're proud guys. And you want to make sure that you're making a difference, especially if you're a guy that wears a letter on your chest. You want to make sure that every single time you step on the ice, you're playing your best. And, um, you know, that's that's what – that's what I was trying to get at, I think. I think there was a little bit of inconsistency that um, frustrated me through that playoffs.
1: You know, for someone that got to watch you for seven years, night in and night out, I want to thank you for not only the effort that you put in every night on the ice, but, you know, to be there, you know, when I walk through that door and go to the left, it, it really hurts me now because Boiler was uh, that area, too. That that was a special area for many years yeah. where I knew I could walk over. And, you know, if you had a bad game, you'd be the first guy to say it. And same thing with Brian. And, and I'm going to miss that. And, you know, I know that on October 26th, no matter what the yeah. outcome of that game, I will definitely be in the visitors' locker room. Um yeah which will surely be an emotional night. Have, have you gone through, you know, you've seen guys come back. You've seen those video tributes on the board. You have any idea what it's going to feel like?
0: I don't think I want to know yet. (laughs) Um, it's going to be, it's going to be weird. It's going to be, uh, going into MSG and going down the hall in the visitor's room is going to be something that, uh, it's going to be a little bit uh, different for me, but I'm glad I get to do it right away. Glad I get to get that thing out of the way. And, uh, you know, come back into MSG and hopefully uh, maybe try to score a goal in that building. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs>
1: I'll give you one as long as we score two, all right? <laughs>
0: I like it. It's a good trade-off. All
1: All right, Steph, thank you so much again. Seven great years. I really appreciate, you know, game in, game out, you being there. It was a pleasure hey. covering your time here. And we're definitely still going to be rooting for you. For, for sure. sure. I
0: right, appreciate it,
1: guys, and uh, we'll see you in October. For sure. Yeah, I got it circled. <laughs> definitely. <All right>. Yeah. <laughs> Derek Stepan, former New York Ranger, current Arizona Coyote.